Welcome to the After Work Drinks Club, a business podcast where I chat with influential and all-round incredible people to find out how they got to where they are and how you can too. If you want to level up, go make your order at the bar, pull up a seat at the table and join in because you belong here. I'm your host, Vanessa Sanyauke, the founder and CEO of Girls Talk Corporation. We connect our global community to jobs and opportunities. So if you're listening on your morning commute with a coffee, working from home with a cup of tea, or joining us for after work drinks, consider this your time to laugh, learn and level up. Welcome to the After Work Drinks Club. I'm back with another episode. Oh my gosh, this is like take five for me. It's Vanessa Sanyauke. I had a break. I was on leave for a week. So I'm really super excited to be with you all. It has been a drama. I've had to change recording software because the software that I was using, it's called Audacity, has had an update and it's not been an update. It's been a whack date. It is absolutely crap now. And I'm figuring out how to use this other platform called Descript. And it's just been a bit fiddly. Your girl is tired, but I'm trying to push on and not give up as I really enjoy, you know, recording this podcast, but it is a lot. So I'm back. Happy April. And yeah, I'm really excited about April because spring is should be really springing. You feel like, okay, Q1 for me, I was working my behind off. I worked so hard in Q1. I was up at 5am, 6am, grinding it out to the point where I was so exhausted. I had to take my fake leave. I'll tell you why it's fake leave in a minute uh, the last week. So I'm just really looking forward to the next quarter and all that it's going to bring. And I'm just wishing you all a fantastic Q2 and let's get it. Let's keep the wheels in motion. So without further ado, what am I drinking? So shout out to my god sister, Gary Kai. She put me on. So we met up yesterday and she put me on this South African champagne, which is called uh, Simon Sig. And it's amazing. So that's what I'm drinking. Cheers to you. Clink, clink, clink. Right. Let's get into my tea, first of all. So what have I been up to since my last episode? I was in Berlin for about two days. It was a very short but sweet visit because at Girls Talk, we were launching one of our projects, which is we've got ambassadors in different countries now. So we've got ambassadors in the UK, the US, in Berlin, Germany, and in West Africa. And Berlin is our largest international market. And so what we've done is we've got a partnership with Factory Berlin. Factory Berlin, they are literally, I think, the biggest hub for tech disruptors, innovators and professionals and entrepreneurs in Europe. And we have a partnership with them to host regular community meetups. This is for women and black women in tech in Berlin and Germany to really focus on community building. And so this was the first event that we were hosting as part of this partnership. So it was called Realignment. It was for our black women in tech community. And it was fantastic. We had Sunshine Golden Child, who was an amazing woman. She's like a spiritual goddess. And she 
facilitated a sister circle where black women in tech were able to come in a safe space and share their challenges. There were tears, there were laughter. It was just so impactful. And then we had a group guided meditation and it was fantastic. Really great to kick off our events there. We've got some fantastic ambassadors. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what we do you know, what What more we can do in Berlin and I want to see this community grow. So definitely follow us at Girls Talk Global on Twitter, Instagram and all the social media platforms to, you know, follow us on this journey. Interestingly enough, though, I really want to spend more time in Berlin because my visit was so short, short but sweet. And I just feel like I haven't really immersed myself in the Berlin culture as much as I want to. So I think the next time I go, I'll probably was try and stay for longer than two days because two days it was just really busy and, and jam-packed. So I mentioned I was on fake annual leave. So I've been grinding it out like a freaking dog and I just needed a break. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to take just a week off where I can just kind of de-stress end of March. And what was quite annoying is despite me putting my out of office on, don't you hate it when people follow up? It's like, you've got my out of office. It says I'm not back until next week, but you're following up saying any update on this. No, because I'm on leave. So why would you expect me to reply? And then when you run your own business and you kind of feel like, okay, you know, these are our partners or clients, I've got to respond. So it was really annoying. And then we had a career day for one of our programs, Step Up, and we had a career day at, at Virgin Media O2. This was due to... I think availability and just other issues. So I had to work on my annual leave, but it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. But I then was, you know, one day down for my annual leave. And then I was asked to come back for the second year by the Lord Mayor of London to host one of these charity projects. The Lord Mayor's Appeal had this charity project called We Can Be. And for the second year running, I was hosting and chairing their afternoon event, which brought in 200 schoolgirls across London to meet real life role models. And so there were lots of city firms that came in and we did this activity where they were where they were like simulating what wealth and you know portfolio managers do. It was like a trading investment game. And then we had like a panel discussion. So it was really, really great. But I was exhausted because I was working. I didn't really have that downtime. And then I was supposed to speak at, well, I was supposed to speak on this panel on the last day of my leave, which is Friday. And the organizers were so unorganized. I'm not going to shame them, but this is what I think. I just feel like I'm in this space where I need to make drastic changes. And I feel like, Vanessa, why is it every freaking year you always come to this point where you just need to make these drastic changes and you never do? And I think I'm just getting really frustrated with myself, but I agreed to support this event because it was around my passion, which is women and Africa. They were so disorganized. It was a shit show. And I kind of took it out of my diary midweek because they were supposed to send me more information they hadn't I emailed the lady who reached out to me to, to speak at this panel and I got no response from her and then on the day of the event I got a, an email from one of her foolish colleagues and they were like oh some of you haven't got this email but the event today is cancelled but we're going to reschedule and we'll let you know and we hope that you can take part in our next one and I'm like hell no do I look like boo boo the fool absolutely not and I told them about themselves in an email and I'm like never 
will I work with you again? But good thing is I didn't have to go in to do a, you know, to do a panel when you have to kind of put your makeup on and travel. But I had to do some work because it is like accelerator application season. I've been applying for every and every accelerator program I can find. And I had like three deadlines, actually no four deadlines this weekend and on Friday. So I was working all of Friday. So I'm going away. <laughs> you must think I'm crazy, but I'm going away this week. I ain't gonna tell you where, cause I'm very superstitious. So when I come back, so I'm not gonna have, there'll be no episode next week. So that my next episode will be, let me just check, my next episode will be on the 17th of April. So I'm actually getting on a plane, I'm going to be somewhere with the beach and I'm telling you I'm switching off because I I could feel it like last week I was so stressed and I'm just at my wits end. So there'll be no more fake annual leave. I'm going to switch off. I did end up also on my fake annual leave watching the Jesse Smollett documentary. If you're not sure who he is, or you're not you don't even know who he is. Jesse Smollett was an actor on a really popular American TV show from a few years ago. It got cancelled, but it's called Empire. <laughs> and, oh my God, yeah, it's called Empire. And so we've, um, we've <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Let me gather myself together. So with Empire, Jussie was an actor on Empire. It was a hit show. He was making pee, like he was a millionaire, making loads of money. And on Empire, it was Taraji P. Henson. It was Terrence Howard. And hit show in America and this guy decided oh I actually want to be like more and more famous allegedly I have to say but he's actually been convicted and guilty of this crime but I don't want anyone to come for me so allegedly he was thinking to himself I really want to be like more famous so he was messing around with these two Nigerian brothers and he asked them and paid them 5,000 US dollars to fake a hate crime so he asked them to pretend to be, I guess, two white men wearing Make America Great Again hats and to put a noose around his neck and to beat him up so that he could then go out to the press and say, I've been beaten up because I'm gay and because I'm black. But it kind of unraveled. And so this documentary was produced by, and they are a horrendous network, but it was very interesting, Fox they're very well known for being racist bastards but this documentary was about like three hours long and what was interesting the reason why I watched it was because the Nigerian brothers <clears throat> were featuring in this documentary for the first time telling their story and if you if you haven't watched it you can search it on YouTube it's on there and it was so fascinating I was like the tea was really teeing so that's what I did on my annual leave apart from working, working, working. So Q2, I'm going to come on to how I'm making some changes later on in the pod. But I wanted to just share some lessons that I learned in the last couple of weeks. One of the first lessons that I learned is around people, the joys of people. I think one of my struggles has been the fact that so many people are just not serious. And what I've come to realize is you just have to accept in this life that people are going to let you down. 
full stop. And I think when you accept that, when you make peace with that, your life will be so much more stress-free. So that is what I really learned in the last couple of weeks. Sounds very simple, but it's a very powerful lesson. The other lesson I've learned is, I think this is what I'm going to call the podcast, actually, the title of this week's episode is People Are Full of Shit. They are full of shit. And this kind of is, a, I guess, a bullet point from my first lesson of People Will Let You Down. People will say all sorts, and I don't know why in this journey of life, in this journey of entrepreneurship, I'm still surprised. People will say, yeah, 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 like I love what you do, yeah, yes, amazing. And it's bullshit. People will say, yeah, you know, we're gonna do this with you, yeah, we're gonna do that with you, and then ghost. Like everyone seems to be full of shit these days. Where is the integrity? The integrity is in the North Pole somewhere. It's not on this planet. So I think for me, what I've learned is people are full of shit. So take what people say with a pinch of salt because people these days, they're full of it. And don't give up. For me, I've really learned what being resilient truly means. And so for me, it's the power of just getting up every day, just getting up open up your eyes, get in the shower and just turn up and don't let one bad day turn into a moment. And so what I've had to do is I'm just dealing with one day at a time. And when I, whenever I'm faced with challenges, I'm like, Hey, this is, this was a bad day, but it's not going to be a moment. I'm not going to allow it to be a moment or become a thing. I'm going to keep it moving. So those are some of the lessons that I've learned in the last couple of weeks. Now, Let's get into the news and the tea that's really been teeing globally, I guess, this past couple of weeks. I wanted to really touch on, actually, the TikTok, are they going to be banned in the US, are they not scenario? Now, TikTok is owned by ByteDance. They are a company based in China, and I'm sure a lot of people are aware there's a lot of tensions between the US and China, but TikTok is, I think, if not, one of the most popular apps, especially for Gen Z. So you can record short video content. It's just amazing. And it's really taken over because Instagram and its messed up algorithms have kind of made a lot of people really frustrated. Whereas TikTok, it's kind of, it kind of champions more organic content and it allows your content to be found by more people. And it's, I think it's now the biggest search engine for Gen Zs. So it used to be YouTube, now TikTok is really up there. So people might wanna say, how do I get a job in tech? And you can search on TikTok and you'll see literally hundreds of videos with people sharing information. It is fantastic. And their CEO, because of issues with data and privacy concerns, their CEO, Show Z2, was grilled by US legislators a few weeks ago and about their privacy policies and data protection, etc. And this actually united both parties in the US. Republicans and Democrats were united in their fear 
about the safety of TikTok for Americans because they think the Chinese government could be spying on us through TikTok. TikTok could be infiltrated by the Chinese government because I think there was some kind of, I don't know, some fake UFO looking object in the sky that Americans had to shoot down. So there's all this tension about China spying on the US. So they are obviously on edge right now. And I don't know if you just search on YouTube, the grilling, my man got grilled. I felt a bit sorry for him, but it was quite funny. Some of the questions that some of these US legislators were asking were a bit silly. Like I remember somebody was asking him, so Mr. Chu, like when I have to connect to TikTok, how do I connect? Do I connect through my Wi-Fi? And he was like, well, yeah, you need internet connection. And then he was like, so you need my Wi-Fi data. And then he was like, well, yeah, um, we, we need to connect to Wi-Fi because you need Wi-Fi to run the app. So, yeah. So some of the questions were just really a bit silly. And he did his best not to say, are you kidding me, you damn fool? Like he answered them very politely. But some of these questions were a bit ridiculous. Like, of course with any app, if you need to go on WhatsApp, if you need to use the internet, you obviously have to connect your phone to a Wi-Fi. So yeah, that has to happen. So some of the questions were silly, but I've not seen anything on the news about what's happening with TikTok, but let's wait and see. In other news, Twitter, Elon Musk. I feel like Elon Musk is one board and two, I just think he wanted to tank a company. I honestly believe that he has no intentions of making Twitter great. I think he bought the company or became a majority shareholder just to fuck it up. I truly believe because if fucking it up was a person, Musk is your guy. So not only has he fired literally everyone at Twitter, he's now making some massive changes to Twitter profiles that have a blue check mark next to their name. So since Twitter launched, anyone with a blue tick on their profile meant that they were confirmed, that they were legit. So it was really for celebrities, journalists, politicians and brands, just to let people know that they were the real person. And there is this perception though, that if you get a blue tick, like you're famous or you're, you're kind of in the cool crowd. And so it wasn't necessarily around just making sure that people were verified. It was around kind of making it like, if you got a blue tick, you were, you know, you made it. And so it has been the subject of scrutiny for some people and the way that they handed it out. And so it, it was seen as elitist and Elon Musk he has a very, I guess, populist view of the issue. And he called the verification system one of lords and peasants. Musk is, is he needs to go and be a stand-up comic. So when he kind of, I guess, took over Twitter, he now said, if you want to have a blue tick on your profile, you have to pay. So you have to pay $8 a month and then you can get a blue tick on your profile. And what this meant was that, pretty much anyone, any one of us could then become verified. Now, there have been many celebrities and influencers who've said, hell no, am I paying? The most famous one so far has been LeBron James. Now, LeBron James is 
an NBA basketball player, legend, one of the best in the game, if not the best in the game, a billionaire. And he said to Elon Musk, hell to the no. So I think this week when the episode comes out, I think all of these people, if they're not paying, they're not going to have a blue tick. And Twitter are also saying if you are an organisation, you can pay for the verification and the pricing starts at a thousand US dollars per month. But if you are part of a major like top company, you won't have to pay apparently. My concern is what about charities? There are charities who, especially if they're going to be seeking donations, they need that blue tick to survive. And you know, for me, what comes to mind is the charity where I'm part of their subcommittee, Refuge. We could not afford a thousand pounds a month. So what's going to happen to them? So I think as usual, he doesn't think things through. And I just don't think Twitter becoming a subscription service is the way forward. He bought the company for 44 billion US dollars last year. Apparently in an email to his staff last week, he said it's worth about 20 billion. Well, whose fault is that, Elon? It's you. It seems that since you've taken over Twitter, you have just been like a kid, like a toddler who's got given cake and you just smothered the cake into pieces. It's just ridiculous. I honestly feel like this man is crazy. He would do that. And what's apparent to me is he's got too much money. Too much money and I think he's bored and he's just playing around with Twitter. I think time will tell, but I think Twitter's gonna go down. I think it's going to go down because if there's no blue ticks, you don't know who's who. Then if you get a blue tick, you could pretend to be someone that you're not. There were some articles that said that people were impersonating companies and people. So they would pay the subscription and then they were kind of making fake accounts. It seems very rushed and not thought through. I think Elon should go back to making cars and spaceships social media is not for him. It's such a shame that when you have too much money, this is the sad thing. 44 billion could have changed people's lives. There are so many people suffering in the world, but Elon Musk decided to just waste 44 billion pounds playing with a new toy that I'm sure he's bored of now. So for me, I just think I ain't paying no $8 for Twitter. I hardly use Twitter anyway. I'm more of a TikTok girl and an Instagram girl, so it doesn't really affect me, but I think Twitter is on its way out like a few other companies, which is going to be sad. Now, ChatGPT. Now, ChatGPT is an AI chatbot, if you're not aware of. It can do pretty much anything. So if you use ChatGPT, you can say to the ChatGPT bot, hey, write me a CV for the project manager job. And the bot, the AI bot will then create instantly the perfect CV for this role. Chat GPT can create legal templates for legal documents, contracts. It can do almost pretty much anything. And obviously it's had people shook because as it gets better and better, people's jobs could be out, especially lawyers, for example, because it can create contracts within minutes. And so people like lawyers, maybe project managers could be out of a job. So yesterday, Italy was the first European company 
to temporarily ban chat GPT. And they are concerned that the chat GPT collects and stores Italian users' personal data without their permission. So the whole thing about these AI bots is, so for example, in order to understand what needs to be included, say in a contract, it could be like a tenancy agreement. They get their information from different parts of the internet and feed it in, right? So the Italian regulators are concerned that it's going to take people's personal data to feed into their platform without their permission. And they're also concerned because the chatbot doesn't really verify the age of users. And they have a lot of data, obviously, in their trunk, so to speak. So the ban stems from, there was a recent accidental leak of user conversations with ChatGPT. So they kind of were concerned about this and started to dig deeper. And they felt that a lot of the data about the systems, AI systems are sweeping the internet to collate belongs to Italian people and it could become complicated. Now, the EU and the UK are also working on plans to regulate AI and US regulators were urged this week to investigate OpenAI, which is ChatGPT's creator by an advocacy group. So I think the pressure is on. And they are not only concerned about AI's newfound popularity, but one more than 1,000 tech leaders and experts, they've signed an open letter this week calling on a six-month pause on any sophisticated AI projects. This is very, very interesting to me. I feel very unsteady because of, of a number of things. For me, tech giants, for I guess the last 15 years, they've been very, they've been unregulated. They're not like the financial services. Look at Bitcoin, for example, no regulation. And so they've been able to do their thing and be rough and wild, so to speak. And so I feel like, why is it now, after 15 plus years of all of these major tech giants, the Googles, the Facebooks, or Metas, now regulators are now starting to say, oh, people's data. Like you're really, I feel like it's almost too late. This sector has been pretty much unregulated officially for nearly two decades now. And so I think it's good that they're trying to now learn from the mistakes of what, you know, with the metas and that whole Cambridge Analytica issue, the whole Trump and Hillary Clinton US election and the misinformation that was spread, etc., etc. However, I do feel that AI has the power to really change people's lives. And I think that, yes, we have to be cautious and mindful of people's data. Absolutely. But on the other hand, there was a report by Goldman Sachs that said AI is going to wipe out 300 million jobs in the US. So I feel like it's coming from fear because the governments are now thinking, shit, this system could potentially put 300 million people out of work. The economy is already fucked as it is now. 
I think there's more underlying nervousness than really around data and privacy. So I think people need to stop being scared of AI. It's going to be advanced. It's still going to grow and be more sophisticated and we can't get rid of it. Chat GPT is here to stay and many other versions of it. So I think it's something that is inevitable. You Just because you've kind of put a pause or temporarily banned chat GPT doesn't mean that other types of systems similar to it can't operate. So I think it's just a lot of scaremongering and a lot of governments don't know what to do with this technology. But I think the, the 1000 tech leaders, yes, I get it. I think sophisticated AI projects because of the types of information and data that you are collecting, I absolutely agree. You need to have regulations in place because what's causing concern as well is the misinformation. So some people have been given the wrong information, which could damage lives, damage businesses, cause a lot of catastrophes if these bots are churning out the wrong information. So I think it needs to be regulated. I think before it goes to the wider population, there needs to be rigorous testing of this, these platforms and these systems. But I, I think the motives need to be sincere. Not that, oh my gosh, this chat GPT is going to take away all these jobs and we need to kind of protect the economy. It needs to come from a place of how do we make sure that the information that these bots are putting out is correct. And I think that's going to be a massive challenge. Not impossible, but I think they're right. I think there needs to be a lot of regulation around this, especially with these chat bots before they become widely used. I have signed up for Google's one. I'm still waiting to see. I think that would be quite interesting, obviously, because of the information that Google has already. For me, I feel like their chatbot would be, I guess, a bit more reliable. But who knows? Let's see what happens. But I think it's just going to be very, very interesting. I think that now, learning the lessons of what we've seen, obviously, with other tech giants, I think governments around the world are trying to make sure that we now start to put some regulations in place for the tech sector because despite what we hear in the news around layoffs the tech sector and tech companies have actually been outperforming companies in the financial services because when they did the tech layoffs their share prices jumped up so especially in particular alphabet which own google their shares have gone like tremendously up so tech is still the future is still one of the most successful industries to date. I think it's only going to go up and up with the advancement of AI. So I can see why governments want to get a hold on this because the scope for this is in the trillions. So let's watch this space. My cheers of the week is going to Christina Rice. So Christina Rice is the founder of Omnoir, which is a wellness luxury brand for black women worldwide. She organizes these amazing, fantastic retreats for black women in Portugal and in Accra and in the Caribbean. And she has these week long retreats where everything is curated and women really invest in themselves. And she picks the most luxurious villas and hotels. And on my bucket list, I've always wanted to go to one of her retreats. So I will eventually one day go. 
But Christina's got an amazing backstory. She is a veteran entrepreneur. She is a serial entrepreneur. She's had several businesses. She's had a fashion business and I think she spent around over 10 years in PR in based in New York and she was doing PR and events for celebrities like Serena Williams. She was really super successful and she's very much around how people, not just women, can live joyous lives and she shared on her Insta story something that I'm implementing ASAP. So I'm doing a little bit of internal rejigging in terms of who I work with. And this is, you know, from assistants to people who can help me edit content, social media. I'm really trying to make sure I've got the best people around me. And what she's done is she works what she calls a three-day work week. And how it works is, and she was sharing her schedule for everyone to copy it. And so what she does is essentially she'll do a little bit of emails on Sunday. So she'll schedule emails to go out on Sunday night. And then Monday she has no emails. She does no emails at all. So any emails are urgent, she'll schedule them to go out on Sunday night so that they go out Monday. And then on Monday, she does not respond. So she does not get stuck in this back and forth, right? When you kind of send an email on Monday, somebody will respond. So she does no emails on Monday and she keeps Monday for running errands or deep work. And I struggle to find the time to have deep work because of I'm always putting in meetings where I have a slot. So here's the game changer for me in, in the schedule that Christina shared on, on her Insta story last week. So she has Tuesdays and Thursdays assigned for back-to-back meetings. Then Wednesday, she'll do some emails, but it's deep work only and no calls. Friday is a flexi day. So she might do some emails on Friday, but she has no meetings. And then sometimes she might take Friday off. And that's how she does her schedule. And I want to just give my toast of the week to Christina because that has changed the game for me. I am implementing that when I come back from annual leave so that I can focus more because I've been struggling a lot with focusing on the deep work that I need to do and I've been getting bogged down in having loads of meetings so I'm now being strict so if anybody asks if we can meet it's going to be on a Tuesday or Thursday that's it I'm not going to reply to any emails on a Monday I'll schedule out some replies maybe on Sunday night And then Wednesday, I can just do maybe some emails only. And Friday, I can flex it. So I'll let you know how my free day working week goes. But I just thought that was absolutely a gem. Considering how I'm just, I feel like I'm always burnt out all the time. And I think that this will really help me going forward. Right. Spirit of the week is quite unusual, actually. I never thought this person would be my spirit of the week. But hey, ho! listen, April is new. It's a new month and a new quarter. My spirit of the week goes to Tyrese Gibson. Tyrese Gibson is a gorgeous chocolate singer from the US. He's an R&B singer, but he's also an amazing actor. He's in the Transformers franchise and also the Fast and Furious franchise. He's had like 10 billion in box office sales. He's amazing. And he was on this podcast called the R&B Money Podcast, where if you love R&B music like I do, it's amazing. It's hosted by Tank and Jay Valentine, who are legendary R&B singers and producers. 
Tyrese gave me a word. That's why I'm giving him the spirit of the week. Tyrese said that in terms of how he is as a leader, because he's got this company called Voltron Music and he has a big team. He's got coins, people. He's really successful. And he was saying that he does work his team quite hard. He expects quite a lot from them, but he always keeps that distance, which is where I struggle a lot. But he gave me this quote that just, I had an aha moment in my brain. He said, familiarity breeds contempt. And what he meant by that was, if someone is too familiar, so they are in your personal life and they're seeing what car you drive, what your house looks like, they're seeing more of your personal life, it's going to breed contempt, i.e. they're going to get too comfortable, they're going to start disrespecting you and they're going to be jealous of you. They're going to want what you have. They're going to feel like, hold on a minute, I want what they have. And so what he was saying is he has these boundaries where it's about business. It's strictly about work. Because if you get too familiar with me, you get too comfortable. He was saying, if you get too familiar with me and you're coming in my Rolls Royce and you're coming in my mansion and you're coming when I'm flying private jets and you're getting too familiar, it's going to breed contempt. It's going to breed envy and jealousy from people who they're not in your inner circle. They're not your tribe. They're not your trusted people so they're people that work with you and so if they get too familiar it's going to breed contempt so for me it's really helped me a lot in terms of having more boundaries in the workplace but not just that it's helped me think about okay people who I have in my circle not everyone needs to know your business because if they get too familiar and if the wrong people get too familiar it's going to breed contempt right that's it folks a very short and sweet episode I am so grateful for you joining me. Please, if you've got any questions, afterworkdrinksclub at gmail.com, email me. Let me know your feedback. And also don't forget, give me a five-star review on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts as well. And do me just one last favor. If you feel like this episode has given you some life, you've enjoyed it, share it with someone. Until next time, I'm back on the 17th of April because I am now going on my real annual leave. So I'll catch you on the other side.